once again and welcome to Bee Boomer Unleashed. I'm Jerry Lake, the Unleashed Baby Boomer, and I'll be your host for today's episode and all the episodes of Bee Boomer Unleashed. Today's episode 119, Just Good News, journal entry number 17. And uh, before we get into this uh, episode today, let me remind you, as I always do, where you can find our podcast you can find us always at bboomerunleashed.podbean.com. You can also find us on iTunes or Google Play at bboomerunleashed, on iHeartRadio at b.boomerunleashed. You can find our link on Facebook, Spotify, and Instagram at bboomerunleashed, on Twitter at bboomerunleashed1. And as always, we encourage you to drop us an email at bboomerunleashed at gmail.com. Once again, that's bboomerunleashed at gmail.com with your comments, questions, criticisms, and suggestions for future episodes. And if you'd like to be a guest on the Be Boomer Unleashed podcast, have a story you'd like to tell, or you have a friend that you think should be on the Be Boomer Unleashed podcast, drop us an email, let us know about that, and we'll do our best to get you on the program. Well, today's episode, episode 119, uh, we're going to be talking about good news in the face of turmoil, and that takes you back to an essay that I wrote back in January of this year. But uh, before we get there, I promised you all at the end of the year, as I made some New Year's predictions, if you will, that uh, I'd bring you an update of those predictions sometime after Biden's first 100 days. So we're just past the 100-day mark. So Let me remind you of what some of those predictions were and where we stand in the progress there. Uh, First of all, uh, my first prediction was Joe Biden would be inaugurated January 20th as the 46th president. Back when I made these uh, predictions back in December, uh, some folks still didn't really believe that Biden would be inaugurated president, that, you know, somehow or another uh, Trump was going to pull a rabbit out of the hat and he would be the next president. But I, I knew that that wouldn't happen. And and uh, so uh, Biden was inaugurated president. So check that one off the list. Um Number two, early in his term, there'll be a shutdown of America for 100 days. Well, I missed the boat on that one. uh, That didn't happen, um, and I don't think it's going to happen. Uh, It could. You know, that could still happen, but not in the first 100 days anyway. But uh, I figured maybe he would shut us down and and then come out and claim uh, that uh, uh, he was victorious over covid uh, he's claimed that, claimed that it was all his doing, uh, getting all these people vaccinated. If you heard the president's uh, boring speech the other night, uh, he takes credit for all of these people that are being vaccinated. And, you know, I think he gave a figure that uh, he's seen that 220 million people have been vaccinated. Well, I think the number is closer to 130 million, but I digress. Uh, He's, uh, you know, sometimes not that good with numbers, but I think I missed that one. I think we can mark that with a big X, probably wrong. Um, I predicted a stock market crash early in the administration. Well, it hasn't, and it's gone the other way, actually, and so I'll stand corrected on that. I still think there's going to be a stock market crash, just not as uh, soon as I predicted it would happen. And there are reasons that the stock market is staying up where it is, but we'll get into that in, in, in another episode maybe, or after it does crash, we'll talk about why it happened. 
uh, I predicted that um, this year gas prices would go up to about four to five dollars a gallon. Well, they've already gone up. Uh, they've gone up uh, around here. It's usually about uh, two seventy-five a gallon now. I think on inauguration day it was about a dollar eighty-nine. So it's it's gone up significantly. And it will continue to go up. So the jury's still out on that one, but I think we'll hit around 4 to $5 a gallon before 2021 is over. And you say, well, why is that? Well, number one, they've shut down the Keystone Pipeline. Um, we were uh, certainly uh, in a position to be energy independent, but now he's put us at the mercy of uh, the Arab oil again. And uh, so uh, those prices will continue to rise. Haven't, haven't gotten there yet, but we're going that way. Power, electric, gas, etc. prices will go up, and they are going up. They are going up, and they will continue to go up as, uh, as these energy sources from America are cut off and as they try to uh, implement the Green New Deal and all this solar power and everything. The prices, of course, will go up. I predicted that there would be gun control um, by executive order during the first 100 days. Well, we, we've had it. We've had executive orders about that, and he's already talking about an assault weapons ban, uh, banning high-capacity magazines. He talked about that on his uh, program the other night. He's talked about a gun tax. I predicted that. Federal gun registration. He wants this federal gun registration, which is a uh, secret code for coming to get your guns. And uh, so uh, uh, he's also talked about federal red flag laws. I already talked about those. So I think uh, I can probably claim uh, victory on that, uh, that prediction. Federally mandated vaccinations. Hasn't come there yet, but uh, he's proposed the COVID uh, passport. And uh, the one where if you don't have your COVID vaccination, you're not going to go anywhere. You're not going to shop. You're not going to travel. You're not going to get on an airplane. Uh, you may not even be able to go state to state. Uh, so uh, that's really looking like uh, federally mandated vaccinations. Not yet, but I think it's coming. So we'll put a maybe on that one. Cash will become obsolete. Everything uh, will become digital. And I said that will happen sometime in the four years of Biden's or the Biden-Harris administration. I, I don't think Biden will be in there the full four years. I think Harris will be your new president. But somewhere during that time, um, uh, cash will become obsolete. And I think uh, part of the plan in the COVID passport is to make that cash obsolete and everything will go digital. Then they'll... Uh, uh, have to uh, um, have control over all your money, and you'll have to bow down to the government to be able to use it. Um, another prediction I made is reparations will be paid to African Americans. I think it's coming. hasn't come yet, but, uh, boy, they've talked it up, and uh, I think it will uh, probably happen. And then, uh, finally, massive federal regulations on churches preaching against sin will be hate speech and all that kind of things. And and as uh, you know, some churches have been persecuted, some churches have been shut down, but uh, we're not there yet, but uh, it's coming. Okay, so that's kind of an update. <clears throat> Maybe in another uh, three months or so, I'll give you... Uh, uh, an update further and see where we are in this uh, top 10 list that I had. But there's a lot of other things that have happened that I didn't predict, but I kind of knew they were going to happen. But 
We are living in perilous times. We, uh, our, our nation is a nation of turmoil. Lots of argument. Well, back on January 9th, three days, uh, I guess, following the inauguration, I wrote a little essay and uh, posted on my uh, blog, uh, theperilousTimes.com, if you're interested in that. I haven't been real active on there, but <clears throat> I plan to get a little more active on that blog site. But I want to share this essay with you and make some comments on it. And, uh, and the title of that essay was Good News in the Face of Turmoil. And a lot of people will say, well, <clears throat> this turmoil that's going on in our country, all this stuff that's happening, how can there possibly be any good news in the midst of that? I mean, every time you pick up the paper, somebody's burned something down, somebody's been killed, somebody's been assassinated, somebody's been arrested for some heinous crime. I mean, the list just goes on and on and on and on, and it seems like the only people who... Uh, are smiling right now are the socialists, those socialist communists. And and uh, in the president's speech the other night, I mean, it's very uh, easy to tell that Joe Biden is a Marxist. He's very liberal, and uh, he believes in uh, an autocracy. He doesn't really believe in a democracy. He, he even said himself he didn't think a democracy could move fast enough to do everything he needs to do. And I think there's an urgency with which the uh, Socialist Party is uh, is uh, uh, mandating all these things because they know I think they've only got about two years uh, before the conservatives regain the House and the Senate. So you're going to see a lot of crazy turmoil taking place. But there's uh, there's light at the end of the tunnel. And I want to share this essay with you today and not that it's some great piece of literary work, but I'll make some comments as I go along. And this was written following the inauguration, following that incident of the storming of the Capitol, if you will. And um, we uh, uh, want to talk a little bit about that. So I'll just read this to you and make some comments along the way. And this was written back on January 9th, 2021. Let me preface what I'm about to say with this. I in no way approve or condone of any of the violence that took place on January 6th at our nation's capital. The small group of protesters among the thousands of peaceful demonstrators should be arrested, charged, and convicted for their heinous acts. That being said, let's look at the facts. Depending on what news source you utilize, there were between 2,000 and 300,000 Trump supporters in attendance. Five people died. San Diego Air Force veteran Ashley Babbitt, 35, was shot and killed by a Capitol Police officer while trying to breach the House chamber. Pennsylvania computer programmer Ben Phillips, who was 50 years old, died of a stroke. Alabama resident Kevin Greeson, 55, died of a heart attack. Georgia resident Roseanne Boylan, 34, died of an unknown medical emergency. And Capitol Police officer Brian Sicknick, 42, died of injuries sustained while engaging protesters. Several thousand dollars worth of damage was done, and uh, that's pretty much the summation of that. Now let's look at the 2020 BLM and Antifa riots. <clears throat> Depending on your news source, 19 to 25 people died in the riots. 100 to 400 law enforcement officers were injured. $2 billion to $8 billion in property damage was done, as well as millions of dollars in looting. How did our president react to the Washington, D.C. riot? 
he immediately denounced them. And we're talking about President Trump at that time. He immediately denounced them and said they should be arrested and punished to the full extent of the law. Well, how did the mainstream media react to the Washington, D.C. riot? They said it was despicable that the rioters had no respect for America, law and order, and should be arrested and prosecuted. Anderson Cooper even referred to them as low-class individuals who would go back to Olive Garden and the Holiday Inn where they stayed, have a few drinks, and talk about what a great day they had. How did our congressmen and senators react to the D.C. riot? Across the aisle, they rejected it and condemned the rioters for trying to destroy the American way. A proper reaction? Of course it was. This small group of idiots should have been condemned immediately. End of story? No. Well, let's look at the same folks with regard to the 2020 BLM and Antifa riots. How did our president react? He reacted exactly the same way he reacted to the D.C. riots. How did the mainstream media react? Oh, they tried to downplay it, referred to them as peaceful protest while major cities burned to the ground and blamed it on white privilege and racism. They referred to the rioters often as a movement trying to put down fascism. To a large degree, they encouraged this outrageous behavior. Well, how did the congressmen and senators react? Well, for the most part, Republicans condemned it. Their Democrat counterparts, for the most part, embraced it. Nancy Pelosi and her sad little crew even put on an African scarf and knelt to apologize for their white privilege. Democratic hero Kamala Harris made comments in an interview with late-night host Stephen Colbert. I know there are protests still happening in major cities across the United States. I'm just not seeing the reporting of it that I had for the first few weeks. Colbert said, that's right. Harris replied, but they're not going to stop. They're not going to stop. And this is a movement, I'm telling you. They're not going to stop. And everyone, beware, because they're not going to stop, she added. They're not going to stop before Election Day in November. They're not going to stop after Election Day. Everyone should take note of that on both levels, that they're not going to stop. And they should not. And that we should riot, she concluded. Well, the media, of course, tried to play it down, as they always do, saying that she was in favor of peaceful protest, not violence. Maybe that's true, but I never once heard her denounce BLM or Antifa. And through it all, she and the other Democrats blamed the whole mess on President Trump, racism, and white privilege. Well, how about President-elect Biden at that time? President-elect, now president. What was his reaction? <clears throat> crickets. Nothing. He stayed in the basement and deflected on President Trump. Finally, after several weeks of rioting, he comes out of the basement and says, rioting is not protesting. Looting is not protesting. Setting fires is not protesting. None of this is protesting. It's lawlessness, plain and simple. He continued, ask yourself, do I look like a radical socialist and a soft spot on rioters? Really? I want a safe America, safe from COVID, safe from crime and looting, safe from racially motivated violence, safe from bad cops. Biden said Trump looks at instances of violence as his political lifeline. He keeps telling you if only he was president, it wouldn't happen. If he was president, you'd feel safe. Well, he is president, whether he knows it or not, and it's happening. It's getting worse, and you know why? Because Donald Trump adds fuel to every fire. 
Did Joe Biden ever denounce Black Lives Matter or Antifa? I said all that to say this. Two wrongs never make it right. But for the mainstream media to applaud the movement of BLM and Antifa while being quick to condemn the idiots who stormed the Capitol is at its best disingenuous. In the worst-case scenario, it's duplicitous. We've heard about communist control of the media in places like China, North Korea, and Russia. Now we see it unfolding in America. It won't be long until any opposition to the government will be met with harsh punishment, so brace yourselves. So what's the good news? God is in control. It may not look at it right now, but make no mistake, he's got this. The politicians don't have it. We don't have it. The mainstream media doesn't have it. He's got this. Psalm 91 in the King James Version tells us, He that dwelleth in the secret place of the Most High shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. I will say of the Lord, He is my refuge and my fortress. My God in Him will I trust. Surely he shall deliver thee from the snare of the fowler and from the noisome pestilence. He shall cover thee with his feathers, and under his wings shalt thou trust. His truth shall be thy shield and buckler. Thou shalt not be afraid for the terror by night, nor for the arrow that flieth by day, nor for the pestilence that walketh in darkness, nor for the destruction that wasteth at noonday. A thousand shall fall at thy side, and ten thousand at thy right hand, but it shall not come nigh thee. Only with thine eyes shall thou behold and see the reward of the wicked, because thou hast made the Lord, which is my refuge, even the Most High, thy habitation. There shall no evil befall thee, neither shall any plague come nigh thy dwelling, for he shall give his angels charge over thee to keep thee in all thy ways. They shall bear thee up in their hands, lest thou dash thy foot against a stone. Thou shalt tread upon the lion and the adder, the young lion and the dragon, shall thou trample under feet. Because he hath set his love upon me, therefore will I deliver him, I will set him on high, because he hath known my name. He shall call upon me, and I will answer him. I will be with him in trouble. I will deliver him and honor him. With long life will I satisfy him and show him my salvation. Folks, God's got this. He's got this. Is it possible we as Christians will suffer persecution? Absolutely. It's happening all around us. If you haven't looked around lately, Christians are being persecuted, not just in the United States, but all around the world. In uh, the latest publication of The Voice of Martyrs, and that's a great uh, uh, website you ought to go to and sign up for their publication, The Voice of the Martyrs. Uh, Their latest magazine has an article about China's attack on Christians. People in China... There are bounties on Christians' heads if other Chinese citizens will turn them in. They can put them in prison, imprison them. And what is their crime? Believing in Jesus Christ, being a Christian. And who are we cozying up to, folks? Communist China. 
communist China. But God's got this. Are we going to suffer persecution? Yep, we sure will. Will God ever leave us or forsake us? No, absolutely not. As a matter of fact, Hebrews 13.5 in the King James Version says, Let your conversation be without covetousness, and be content with such things as you have. For he hath said, I will never leave thee nor forsake thee. As difficult as it is, it's not our job to enact vengeance on those who do us evil. Oh, it's tempting, isn't it? Wouldn't we just like to strike back at all these evildoers? It's tempting. But as a matter of fact, in Romans 12, verses 18 through 20, it tells us exactly the opposite. It says, If it be possible, as much as lieth in you, live peaceably with all men. Dearly beloved, avenge not yourselves, but rather give place unto wrath, for it is written, Vengeance is mine, I will repay, saith the Lord. Therefore, if thine enemy hunger, feed him. If he thirst, give him drink. For in so doing, thou shalt heap coals of fire on his head. Let's remember, for the Christian, this is not our home. This America that we love, we've grown up in, and we've... Uh, just been so blessed to live in this country. Understand, for the Christian, this is not our home. We're simply pilgrims passing through on the way to heaven. And during these last days, we need to spread the message of Jesus to those who need it most. Because, folks, people without Jesus are going to spend their eternity in a place called hell. And it's not going to be a good place to spend any time, not even five minutes, let alone in eternity. So during these last days, we need to spread the message of Jesus to those who need it most. When we come to the end of our journey, may we, as the Apostle Paul said to Timothy in 2 Timothy uh, chapter 4, verses 1 through 8, I charge thee therefore before God and the Lord Jesus Christ, who shall judge the quick and the dead at his appearing in his kingdom, Preach the word, be instant in season, out of season, reprove, rebuke, exhort with all long suffering and doctrine. For the time will come when they will not endure sound doctrine, but after their own lusts shall they heap to themselves teachers having itching ears, and they shall turn away their ears from the truth, and shall be turned unto fables. But watch thou in all things. Endure afflictions. Do the work of an evangelist. Make full proof of thy ministry, for I am now ready to be offered, and the time of my departure is at hand. I have fought a good fight. I have finished my course. I have kept the faith. Henceforth there is laid up for me a crown of righteousness, which the Lord, the righteous judge, shall give me at that day, and not to me only, but unto all them also that love his appearing. Keep the faith, brothers and sisters. Jesus is coming soon, maybe today, maybe before this podcast is even posted. Uh, he will come. Maybe he'll come today. Wouldn't that be wonderful if Jesus came back today? Well, it would be a great thing for those who are Christians. If you don't know Jesus as your personal Savior, it's going to be a bad day for you. It's going to be the worst day of your life. If Jesus comes and takes the Christians home, you're doomed. You're going to find yourself in the middle of the tribulation period. 
under the rule of the Antichrist? And you think the COVID passport is something. <laughs> well, where do you see the mark of the beast? And it's going to be a bad time. So if you don't know Jesus, these should be scary times for you. For those of us who know Jesus, they're going to be uncomfortable times. I think uh, eventually the government will take all of our assets and our money and we'll be doing servitude to the government, probably, if Jesus tarries his coming. But understand, we know how this thing ends. We've got a home in heaven and a little bit of suffering that we go through here in this life is nothing to the eternity that God has provided for us. So you see, Christian, we have heaven to look forward to. For us, the earth, the world that we see today is as bad as it's ever going to get for us. This is the worst it ever gets for the Christian because we have a home in heaven. For those who don't know Jesus as their personal Savior, sorry to say this is as good as it gets this is as good as it gets. It only goes downhill from there. So you say, well, Jerry, I, 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 how can I become a Christian? Well, it's simple. It'd have to be pretty simple or I could have never done it. It can't be anything very complicated. He says, for us to come in childlike faith. John three sixteen says, for God so loved the world that he gave us his only begotten son that whosoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life. In the book of Romans, it tells us that all have sinned. We have all fallen short of the glory of God. And it also tells us the wages of sin is death. But the Bible goes on to say, if we confess with our mouth the Lord Jesus Christ and believe in our heart that God's raised him from the dead, thou shalt be saved. It also tells us, believe in the Lord Jesus Christ and thou shalt be saved. So what do you got to do to not worry about these perilous times anymore where you need to put your trust and your faith in Jesus Christ. If you don't know how to be saved, find you a good preacher somewhere and say, hey, what must I do to be saved? And they'll be happy to talk you through it. If, if not, if you don't have a pastor you can go to, drop us an email at bboomerunleashed at gmail.com. I'd be happy to reach out to you and show you how you can know for sure that you're going to heaven. So you say, well, how do we find good news in the face of turmoil? Well, we find good news in the person of Jesus Christ. Well, it's been great to be with you today. We'll be back next week, good Lord willing, with another episode for you here on Be Boomer Unleashed. I hope you have a great week. I hope that uh, you're one with Jesus. I hope that you're a born-again believer and that you're on your way to heaven. I don't know how you face this turmoil that we've got going on all around us without Jesus Christ in the midst. But if you don't know Jesus, you can know him today. Well, listen, uh, it's been good being with you, like I say, many times, many, many times. Wouldn't be much fun if you weren't here with me. If I was just flapping my jaws into the air, nothing, uh, nothing was heard by anyone. And I appreciate the comments that you all make and the kind words that we have from time to time. I know this podcast is not for everybody, and some people say, ah, that old man, he just rambles on, and what's he got to say that's any good? Well, I don't have anything to say that's any good, but uh, Jesus has the good news. And uh, we have some great guests on here from time to time that tell us good news stories, and many of them, you can listen to the story that they tell 
and you can tell that Jesus is real in their life. Well, listen, uh, hope you guys have a great week. Hope you'll tune in again next week. But until then, till that next episode, until we meet again, have a great week. And may God bless each and every one of you. Goodbye.